Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Goodness gracious, God's so faithful. I love that this is not our church, this is God's church. I'm glad that he builds the church. We just get to preach the gospel and love people and he does it all. It's incredible what we're seeing. Every week we have testimonies and miracles. Uh, one of the guys in our community just this past week, he, uh, let me move this over here a little bit. Just trying to even it out with all the Spider-Man stuff going on here. Um, <laughs> One of the guys in our community shared a great testimony with me, uh, like last night, I believe it was, and he shared how uh, he got to minister to a guy in a locker room. That's an awkward place to minister to somebody, right? You know, don't let your imagination go there. Just keep it PG right now. But uh, he was ministering to this guy, and this guy's just weeping. The power of God came on him. God's presence came on him. I love that there's no limits to the presence of God. If there were really limits to the presence of God, then Jesus Christ couldn't have come in the flesh and walked among us. there were limits to the presence of God, you and I couldn't have gotten saved. If there were limits to the presence of God, there'd really be no hope for Orange County or California or America. (laughs) I'll stay off of that one for a little bit. Let's just jump in the word, you know? Let's just jump in the word here. We've been going through a series. We've been going through John's gospel. We're doing this with a purpose. Uh, When we launched the community of the church, we kind of went through our vision statement for a few weeks and we went through some different topical messages. Last week, Joel Hill was here with Lacey Hill. They preached on joy. Jordan took us a step further, helping us abide in joy. Jesus said in John 15, my joy is gonna be in you and your joy is gonna be made full. What does fullness of joy look like? Well, a glass isn't full until it's overflowing. It's not truly full until it's overflowing. So fullness of joy looks like something. If the kingdom of God's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then joy is a big deal to Jesus. Joy is a big deal. I love Joel. He was just kind of hitting some things. He totally offended me. If he offended you, it's okay. We're in good company. It's awesome. <laughs> they do incredible things. Go to their website, gladworld.com. Thegladworld.com? Thegladworld.com. Go check out what they're doing. I mean, they're literally watching. If you weren't here, you missed it. But they're, they're literally leading whole villages in the Himalayas to Christ with miracles, signs, and wonders. Buddhist monks. He told me stories that I can't share publicly. Incredible, incredible things. So check them out. That's awesome awesome, but we've been going through John's gospel. We're kind of going through it chapter by chapter. We might skip small portions of it here or there, but we want to give you a context so that you yourself can read the Bible for yourself. This book is loaded with truth. Loaded with truth. If you read the scriptures to find Jesus, you'll find them on every page. If you read the scriptures to teach a sermon, You're gonna go to it with performance. You're gonna walk away, never feeling like you get it. But if you read the scriptures simply to find Jesus, every couple words, you just see the light of his glory. 
And we wanted to impact you guys. We wanted to equip you guys as part of our equipping of the saints for the works of ministry to actually learn how to read the word. Because I actually know that in this room right now, there are people that are called to impact culture in dramatic ways with the love of Jesus dramatic ways. There's missionaries in this room. There's prophets in this room. There's evangelists in this room. There's pastors, there's teachers, there's business leaders. There's all kinds of things. I love it. I love it. Jordan, you can do it all, man. You just do it all. You got your business, you got your gospel, you got your missions. You can just do it all. It's incredible. It's incredible. We've, we, have, we have so many cool people in this community that you need to meet, but we've been going through John's gospel. We're gonna take our time because we're not in a rush because God's really good. Um, I, God's just really good. I wanna encounter Jesus, don't you? Go with me to John chapter two. Nicole took us up to uh, this beginning of signs and wonders, Jesus in Cain of Galilee, which manifested his glory. Signs and wonders are important for the gospel. They can't be divorced from the gospel. I had a couple people knock on my door yesterday. They were trying to do some evangelism um, for a certain sect of religion. And they were knocking on my door. And when they came and knocked on my door, I came outside. And normally I just, I'm just really friendly and just really loving, but something came on me. I could just feel God's presence on me. And I said, hey, I need to ask you guys something. I have watched Jesus Christ of Nazareth heal tens of thousands of people miraculously. I've watched him open people's eyes that are completely blind, not spiritually, naturally blind. Like I can't see you across the room at all right now. I get to have a stick and a cane and I walk. I've seen him open eyes like that. I've seen him open ears. I've seen him untwist twisted limbs in front of my eyes, birth deformities in front of my eyes. I've watched him with my own eyes, not on video, me standing there watching limbs untwist in front I said, I've seen Jesus Christ do all these things. Are you seeing these things? And they're like, well, we're gonna see them one day. And I said, I said this, this thing came on me. I said, you know what? If the Jesus you're following doesn't have signs and wonders, you're following the wrong Jesus. This beginning of signs and wonders, Jesus did Cain of Galilee. This whole book is filled with supernatural events all over the place. And Jesus said, the works that I did, I do, you will do also. And what would he say? Greater works. What does that look like? Greek word there is ergon. It actually means, it's the same word used for miracles, signs and wonders throughout the New Testament. So here we are. Jesus Christ did a miracle, turned water to wine. Go to verse 13, John chapter two with me. And the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated. And he made a scourge of cords. Man, Jesus doesn't behave. And drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. Can you picture this scene for a second? Jesus, this like rabbi that's dropping wisdom everywhere he goes. He's this itinerant speaker. He's going from synagogue to synagogue. People are like, man, that guy, that guy's, that guy's awesome. He's been doing some healings. He's been doing some stuff. Oh, wow, he's coming to the temple for the Passover feast. That's amazing. Look at that guy over there. Wow, I've heard of that guy. All of a sudden he finds a piece of rope, turns it into a little whip, like takes a little time to like, like unfray it a little bit so it gets all opened up and starts just whipping at people and chasing people out, chasing the animals out. Why was he doing this? Let's read a little further. And 
to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away and stop making my father's house a house of merchandise. I'm gonna read it in another one real quick because I just wanna get it. This is the Passion Translation. If you've never heard of the Passion Translation, it is a fun one. It is more recent. It is written in good language, but it does a good job with the Greek and all that stuff. John chapter two. He says it, the same verse here in verse 16, get these things out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center for merchandise. That's when his disciples remember the scripture, which said, I am consumed with a fiery passion to keep your house pure. But the Jewish religious leaders challenged Jesus, what authorization do you have to do this sort of thing? If God gave you this kind of authority, what supernatural sign will you show us to prove it? The word there for sign in your Bible is semeon. I hope I'm pronouncing the Greek right, but it literally means a miracle. What miracles do you have to prove that what you're doing right now is lawful, is rightful, is righteous? Jesus answered, After you've destroyed this temple, I will raise it up in three days. Then the Jewish leaders sneered. This temple, the earthly temple, this this beautiful building that cost some maybe billion dollars during that time frame, this temple took 46 years to build and you mean to tell us that you will raise it up in three days? But they didn't understand that Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. But the disciples remembered his prophecy after Jesus rose from the dead and believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. What authorization do you have after you've destroyed this temple? Shows us really clearly who crucified Jesus, doesn't it? People like you and me. The Jewish leaders sneered. Verse 23, when Jesus was at the Passover, the number of his followers began to grow and many gave their allegiance to him because of all of the miraculous signs they had seen him doing. What miraculous signs? We don't actually read about it, but somewhere between John chapter two, where he turned water to wine and here he's been doing more stuff. You find out through the gospel of John and through the other gospels that everywhere Jesus went, he healed everyone who came to him. It says that throughout them, healed everyone that came to him people that felt like they had a lot of faith, people that didn't feel like they had enough faith. He actually went and sought out people that were physically infirm. Physically, I'm not just talking spiritually. Why? Because the same sacrifice for your sins is the same sacrifice for your healing, the torn body of Christ Jesus on the cross. He named himself healer before you were ever born. He wants you whole more than you wanna be whole, body, soul, and spirit. You see, if Jesus, if we only preach a Jesus that forgives sins, then we can't actually live in a true experience with his glory. Because forgiveness of sins becomes a mental concept, a mental ascent that we try to believe for, maybe one day we'll finally feel free when we go to heaven. Do you know many Christians every Sunday hear that they have to live in sin for the rest of their lives? Would you tell someone they have to live in depression for the rest of their life? Why do we think that people need to live in sickness or disease, poverty, brokenness? Well, Chris, I just think it's God's will that I'm sick. I just think it's God's will that these bad things happen to me. 
really, do you think it's God's will that children are starving in Africa? Do you think it's God's will that the future leaders of our nation bicker against each other on television? God's will is on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came to show us the will of the Father. I pray for both of them, just so you know. I love it. I'm gonna have revival no matter who's our next president. Doesn't change a thing in my mind. Doesn't change a thing in my mind. We're gonna have an outpouring of the Spirit. I was in D.C. Uh, not that long ago, and I was ministering in a house. And I can't describe who this person was, but I'll just tell you they're a lot more influential than I am in the natural. And uh, just incredible things were happening with uh, this person. The power of God was coming on them. They're shaking in the fire of God. And I told them, I didn't know who they were. Um, I said, you're gonna, you're gonna do this kind of stuff, miracles, signs, and wonders in places I never get to go. And the person that was under the power of God, just the fire of God was on them. They're shaking. They're, they're, they're praying for other people. People are just collapsing in God's glory. They actually go into certain houses where I, I haven't been yet, you know, different places, houses that are white. Um, <laughs> We're in the middle of revival. There's no stopping it. Politics can't stop it. Laws can't stop him. We're gonna have, and we're already living in the greatest outpouring of spirit that's ever been. You're a part of it. God saved you for this time. God had a dream and he wrapped skin around it. He called it you and me. It's time. While Jesus was at the Passover feast, says in verse 24, he didn't entrust himself to them because he knew how fickle human hearts could be. He didn't need anyone to tell him about human nature for he fully understood what man was capable of doing. Man's capable of some really gnarly stuff. God comes in the flesh, goes around healing everybody, loving everyone, showing people who they really are. And the very people that he was sent to nailed him to a tree. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's pretty heavy. Religious people, people that are trying to pursue God. It's interesting what we do sometimes to Jesus. Anyway. Chapter three, verse one. We're continuing on because in the original Greek, there are no chapters and verses. So this is still one story. Now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus, who was a part of the sect called the separated ones, the Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees were a group of religious people that in their effort of holiness declared everyone else unholy. And you had to obey a bunch of rules and a bunch of laws. And if you did them just right, then you could stand inside this circle of exclusion, this circle that said, hey, we're over here and holy, all you out there are not. It's so interesting because whenever you draw lines in the sand and you say, I'm over here and you're over there, you're evil, you're dark, you're bad, I'm not getting near you. Jesus is always found on the other side of the line. A member of the Jewish ruling council was Nicodemus. Verse two, one night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, teacher, master, rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. 
power. How do you know if someone's from God? Godly power. There's worldly power. There's false signs and wonders. But if Jesus could say, depart from me for I never knew you to people that were performing false signs and wonders, how much more are we as followers of Jesus called to represent him with true signs and wonders? Power. Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. You can perceive the kingdom realm of God. You can tell that something's going on here that's of God. But you must experience a rebirth. I'm gonna read it in uh, the NASB. John 3, 3. Truly, Jesus answered him and said, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Or unless one is born from above. How many know the devil can't have any children? We all find our original blueprint in the heart of God, in the person of Christ Jesus. But we have to see the blueprint to live out and be the blueprint. Jesus Christ came to reveal a new race in the earth. He came to reveal a new creation. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Nicodemus has a problem with this. Uh, The name Nicodemus means conqueror. I love to look up people's names in the Bible. Powerful guy, ruling guy. Why is he coming to Jesus at night? He could have came in the day. He could have came and been like, Jesus, why are you flipping over tables? What's up with the flipping over tables? I would love to know why you're flipping over tables, right? He could have asked all kinds of questions during the day. Why is he coming at night? <laughs> you know, sometimes we like to you know, dip one foot into what we know is God but not fully invest ourselves in because of what other people are gonna think. I remember uh, in high school and and in college, um, this idea was in my head. I can't fully serve God. I can't fully give everything over to God because I won't be cool anymore. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy the kind of things the devil tells us? I can't, I can't actually be like those religious people. They can't actually be that happy. People can't really be as happy as Carmelis. People can't really be as happy as Rodney is. Like they, it's just no way. There's no way people could be that happy. Tim, no way. He's just too happy. That can't be real. He must be on, on some kind of drug or something like that. That's what I thought. I thought because I saw the joy of the Lord in people's lives and I thought I can't fully invest there. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna keep certain things in the dark and only let certain places come into the light. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Isn't that crazy? Nicodemus has no idea what Jesus is saying. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the pastor here says, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be, be, re, be, re, be reborn? <laughs> it's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Jesus answered, he said, I speak in eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter the kingdom realm of God. For the natural realm can only give birth to things in the natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to spiritual life. 
When Jesus died on the cross, it says that water and blood came out of his side. He birthed a new race. Oh, goodness. You see, the devil's not afraid of you knowing that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's afraid of you knowing that you died with him. The devil's not afraid of you knowing that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's afraid of you knowing that you died with him. That you died with him. You were raised up with him into newness of life and you have been seated with him in the heavenly places. No longer bound by the limitations of this world. No longer bound by sin, sickness, disease, poverty, and oppression. No longer bound by death. But now an inheritor, a co-inheritor of eternal life with the very son of God manifested to us, Jesus Christ the Nazarene. I dreamed last night I, I, was, um, I was in a meeting and, and, and the father was there. Father was there and he, he, was, he was happy like he normally is. And uh, he was there and uh, you know, people say, oh, but you can't see the face of God and live. Well, I'm already dead. <laughs> Jesus said, Matthew chapter five, verse eight, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. They didn't realize that God was standing right in front of them. I'm not saying I'm God. I just, I'm trying to clear out what people are thinking about. They have all these thoughts in their heads. And when you're preaching, sometimes you can hear what people are thinking, all these different thoughts going on in people's heads. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor Jesse. <laughs> Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. God was standing right in front of them when he said that. The father, he was happy and he was just looking at people in this room. And he said to people, you're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You don't have to be sick or broken anymore. And he looked at a woman and as he looked at her, he said, be healed now, be healed now. And as he, as he spoke those words, a goiter disappeared off her neck and she was able to speak. She was freed up, all this stuff was going on. But I just got all this revelation out of it. It was just like, God was saying like, he said after that, he said, if you would stop caring so much about people would think, you'd actually experience all that I have for you in my inheritance. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. But Jesus starts talking to him. That which is born of the flesh, verse six is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. I can remember when I was seven years old, responding to an altar call in a Baptist church in the Iwanis program. If you're here today and you wanna give your life to Jesus, just come to the front right now. And I remember as it were, as if somebody walked with me that was behind me with their hand on my shoulder, but no one that was visible was there. And I remember walking to the front of that church and confessing Jesus Christ as my savior before a group of people. But I wasn't taught about true freedom until much older. At 19 years old, I'm reading, the, I'm reading through the gospels and I'm reading through through the book of Acts and God begins to speak to me. He says, Chris, you say that you've given me everything, but you haven't. I love you so much that I'll let you keep living the way that you're living, but you know the end of it. I started to weep for two days. I rolled around on my apartment floor, weeping over all of the sin in my life. There's a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. How do you know if you're living in godly sorrow? Well, you're gonna eventually come into joy if it's godly sorrow because true repentance isn't taking place until you're in joy. Repentance isn't responding to an altar call. Repentance, repentance is living a free life. 
Repentance is being renewed to your identity in Christ. Repentance is being renewed not to your freedom of will, not to your free choice, but to the choice that God made for you when he gave everything for you. Preach it, Chris. This is awesome. Having fun. Thanks, Chris, for giving us all this great stuff. You know, it's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Nicodemus answered, verse nine, how can these things be? Jesus said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak that which we know and we bear witness of that which we have seen and you do not receive our witness. That's pretty interesting. Jesus is getting a little trippy right now using those terms of we and our. Do you know that God was family before family ever existed in the earth? So I said to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, who will go for us? God within himself is love and love is always other centered. That's why God is family within himself. We have seen the thing. And it's just so interesting. Jesus is pretty trippy here in, in the Bible. He's pretty trippy. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. You see, if it was... A lot of us as Christians, we're taught, you know, Jesus Christ, he went to the cross and he died for our sins, you know, and, and, and the father like couldn't look on the event. Like he had to turn his face away, couldn't look upon sin. Well, if God couldn't look upon sin, then how did Jesus even walk in the flesh among us? I already talked about this. Nope, God was intimately involved on the cross. The spirit was intimately involved on the cross. God, father, Jesus said, I and the father are one. God, your father was staring through the eyes of the son. Jesus wasn't convincing God to forgive you of your sins. God the father already had his mind made up before the foundation of the world. You see, if you think that God was off somewhere in outer space while Jesus Christ was on the cross, you're never gonna truly trust your father because your father is the one that sent the son, your older brother, to die for your sins, but he stood aloof the whole time. Some of us, we came from all different types of family backgrounds. Maybe you had a good parent, maybe you had bad parents. Maybe your parents were really close to you, intimately involved in everything in your life. Maybe they walked with you through struggles. Maybe they walked with you through hard times. Others of us, maybe we didn't know our parents. You know, I have people in my family that were adopted, didn't even know their dad, didn't even know natural dad. But you're not defined by your natural inheritance. You're not defined by the fact that two people maybe got together 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, however many years ago, and all of a sudden, nine months later, you were the result. You were created by God. You were created by him. And God spent no lack of expense when he went to the cross for you. Heaven went bankrupt on the cross of Jesus Christ. All of heaven was there. See, if you think that heaven looked away, you think that heaven turned away, I'm sorry, I'm poking at a song, but I don't know why, but I'm just doing it anyway. I'm having fun. If you think that heaven looked away, then you won't allow Father's love to come into the midst of the dark areas of your life and actually bring freedom. You will instead run to religion to try to clean yourself up. Come on. Wow, Chris, I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. I told you earthly things, verse 12, and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, even the son of man, some verses say, who is in heaven. This is a really interesting statement. Jesus is saying, no one 
has ascended except he who has descended, even the son of man who's in heaven. Jesus in the flesh is having a conversation with a man and he's also saying that he's in heaven at the same time. Free stuff for you guys. I'm just giving out lots of freebies, freely I've received, freely give. Feel free to take it at any time. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up. Jesus is referring to a story. It's in the uh, Deuterocanonical, Deuterocanonical book. It's been a while since I've said that word. First five books of where the Israelites rebelled and serpents started coming out of everywhere and biting them and poisoning them. And a plague broke out among the people. Sin can have consequences. I think everybody could agree with that. Sin has its own consequences. You know that God doesn't need to punish your sin. Sin has enough punishment wrapped up inside of it already. You make really stupid choices, stupid things happen. Now, many of us, we're not reaping the result of many of our stupid choices because he became our iniquities. He became the results of our bad decisions when he was crucified on the tree. There's many things in our lives that we should be reaping that we're not because of the grace of God. But that's not an excuse or a license to live in darkness. That's not an excuse to keep things hidden. Um, all right, I, uh, I, last week, you remember Lacey was here. She got up at the beginning of the meeting and she says, is there a Catherine here? It was really weird because the night before I had a dream about a, about a Catherine in the service. So I was like, this is crazy. I know she's gotten something here. And in the dream, this girl got up and she grabbed the microphone. Her name was Katie or Catherine. And she started saying, there's people here and you're living with pornography in your life. You're living with all kinds of these darkness and God wants to bring freedom to you right now. Now in the dream, I was upset because I was like, no, 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 don't say that over the microphone. Don't do that right now. And I actually almost quenched what God was doing in the dream. And then I woke up. Well, I was praying about it this week and the Lord starts speaking to me. I'm gonna address this again in a minute, but the name Catherine actually means the pure one. God's purity got up in front of us. When Jesus purified the temple, it's actually that Greek word, Catherino is the Greek word there. Purification, purification, purification. I was like asking God about it. And he's like, you know what pornography is? Pornography is false intimacy. You see, we're so used to playing church that we don't actually get to see his face. When Jesus was driving people out of the temple, I'm jumping back, I'll jump forward in a sec. When he was driving people out of the temple, they were in the court of the Gentiles. The core of the Gentiles were where the nations surrounding Israel could come to actually worship God. So they'd come. Other nations that didn't have the Hebrew history with God would come because they were hungry to experience God and they would see all this selling and all this merchandising going on. And it was probably a turnoff. What in our lives is a turnoff? What in our lives is a turnoff? What in our lives is a turnoff? Allow his spirit to speak to you right now, not of your darkness, but of your righteousness. Allow his spirit to speak to you of how beautiful and wonderful you are that no longer would you hide anything from him. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing. I'm gonna go a little further. 
man, time is like being compressed right now. This is awesome. It's not even that late. This is incredible. I feel like I've been up here a long time. It's only 1139. That's amazing. Beautifully and wonderfully made. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even the son of man must be lifted up. When Moses lifted up a brass serpent in the wilderness, a golden serpent, he literally was lifting up that which the people saw as a curse. Jesus Christ was labeled a curse by Israel around him. Still today, if you go to Israel, the name Yeshua is actually a cursed name. Did you know that? It's actually a cursed name. The name Yahweh is salvation, or however you pronounce his name. It's, it's four Hebrew letters that you can't actually say. It's, it's like the breath is basically what it, what it kind of alludes to, is salvation. God, in that story of Moses, was cursing sin in the flesh. And today, just like he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, God is cursing sin in the flesh through the perfect atoning work of Christ Jesus. Verse 16, first verse I ever memorized. For God so loved the world. The Greek word there is cosmos. It doesn't just include people. Literally, God so loved everything. Well, God is love. He just loves all of it. We're the crown of creation and he's the, the cornerstone. But he loved everything. He loves everything. This is crazy. This is wild. God so loved the cosmos that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, should not experience any form of death. Sin is death to the soul the way that sickness is death to the body. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world. Father didn't send Jesus Christ into the earth so that he could just condemn a bunch of people to hell. Sin, like sickness, is a disease. Jesus Christ is the cure. He simply need be applied to every wound of the heart, mind, soul, spirit, and body. And his grace is sufficient for wherever you feel weak. He who believes in him is not judged. Greek word, I believe it's krino there. It literally means he who believes in him is not condemned. He who believes in him is not worthy of punishment. <laughs> what punishment? The punishment of sin. Not father's punishment, the punishment of sin. You see, God is not the punisher. You see, justice is not about punishment. Justice is about reconciliation. Justice is two people go to court to get a divorce and they walk out married because they're reconciled. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Justice is reconciliation. Justice is togetherness. Justice is not they deserve to be beaten. Justice is he was already beaten. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear is to do with punishment. You see, if God is the punisher, then you're always gonna be afraid. My wife says, don't, don't hit the pulpit so much. It makes people nervous. 
<laughs> my wife helps me a lot. My wife teaches me more about God than anybody else. If you need to grow, if you want to grow in God, get married. And then have kids. I haven't been there yet. No comment. God's so good. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved, made whole through him. The world, the cosmos would be made whole through him. Jesus Christ's work on the cross begins in your heart, but expands outward from there. The kingdom begins within you, but expands outward from there. If God so loved the world, the cosmos, what happens? It literally means that the atoning work of Christ on the cross can actually change our political systems. Anyway. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already has been deemed worthy of punishment already. When you don't believe, you feel like punishment's coming after you everywhere you go. Because he has not believed in the name, the character of the only begotten son of God. And this is the judgment that light came into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Nicodemus came in the night for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the lie and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was spending time with them and baptizing. I'm gonna stop there, um, but I wanna give an opportunity. If you're here today and you wouldn't say that you know your origin in God's love, you wouldn't say that you know that your sins are forgiven, not conceptually, but experientially. If you're here today and you couldn't say to a person that walked up to you on the street, is Jesus Christ your Lord? Are you following Jesus Christ? Are you following him? God's been hitting me with this thing. You can have all kinds of conceptions about Christianity. You can have all kinds of conceptions about right or wrong, but the real key, are you following him? If you're here today and you've, one, never made that decision before to say, I'm gonna follow Jesus. He already made a decision for you 2,000 years ago. He already made a decision for you before the foundation of the world. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He made a decision for me in my darkness. He's made a decision for you in your darkness. But if you're here in this room right now and you've never come into agreement with his choice of you, you've never said yes to the one who gave everything for you. If you're in this room right now and you've never done that before or you know you need to right now, I just want you to put your hands up. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. That's why we do this. I'm doing this openly. Sometimes we'll have people close their eyes. Sometimes we won't. It doesn't really matter the methodology. What matters is what's happening in your heart. If you're here today and you're saying, I wanna follow Jesus, you know that you're not, you know that you're not born again, or you know that sin's weight is upon you. You know that you are not free. I want you to be bold right now. Why? 
because he was bold for you when he hung naked on the tree. If you're here right now and you know that's you, I just want you to be bold. I want you to put your hand up. Just put it up quick right now. If you're here and you know, thank you, my friend. Put it up quick if there's anyone else here. If there's anyone else here, you know that you need to follow Jesus. Is there anyone else here? Just put your hand up. Is there anyone over here? Thank you, I see that hand. I bless you, my friend. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Anyone else here? Is there anyone else here? This is awesome. This is awesome. If, uh, if you raised your hand, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, how am I gonna do this, Holy Spirit? I feel like there's one or two more people here. If you raised your hand or you wanted to, at the end, I want you to come up to our prayer team and I want you to ask them for prayer. I want you to say, I, I wanted to raise my hand. And I want you to come up to our prayer team. But I'm gonna pray for folks right now. Just close your eyes. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing here in the room today. God, I thank you that it's okay for people to get born again in church every week. God, we, we do this, we do this, we make an effort to do this every week because we believe that a nightclub is a perfect place for people to be born again. Yeah. Father, I just bless what you're doing. Those of you that raised your hand, I want you to just, uh, I feel like you need to stand. Go ahead and stand. Or if you wanted to raise your hand, just stand right now. Those of you, uh, the rest of you, you guys have your eyes closed anyway. I'm just gonna pray with you. I'm asking you to be bold. Why? Because it helps you solidify in your heart something that's happening in the spirit. Father, I thank you. Just say this with me. Jesus, I choose to follow you. You gave your life for me. You gave your life for me. You were crucified for me. You gave everything for me. You rose from the dead. Say that with me. You rose from the dead. You became my sin on the cross. You destroyed its power and you rose from the dead. I receive new life and forgiveness of sins today. Say that with me, I receive new life and forgiveness of sins today. I choose to follow you as my Lord and my Savior in the mighty name of Jesus. Could you guys, um, oh, how am I gonna do this? If you know, if this sermon's speaking to you in some way, in any way, in any way, I'm not saying you're the most evil person in the world. I'm not saying that you have tons of goofy stuff in your life or things you need to be free from. But I, I feel the spirit here and he wants to actually set people free. And that could be of all different kinds of things. It could be from anxiety. It could be from depression. It could be from just brokenness. It could be from a trauma, from a divorce. It could be from all kinds of different things. But if you feel that God's speaking to your heart through this message and you know that you need uh, just, just an, just an impartation of freedom from the spirit of the Lord. I want you to stand right now. Just stand all over the room. If that makes sense to you, you know that's you. Just stand all over the room, all over the room. Just stand up, just stand up, just stand up. Thank you, thank you. You're not saying, hey, I'm evil. You're actually saying, hey, I'm righteous and God wants to do something right now. If you're around these folks, just stretch your hands towards them. Father, we thank you. If you, even right now, if you felt scared to stand, stand right now too, it's fine. It's okay to feel scared. What happens is, what do you do with the fear? <laughs> Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing right now. I see, I see a girl here. You've been struggling with suicidal thoughts. The Lord Jesus is delivering you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord heals you right now. Identity thoughts. The identity thief is being removed from your life. The identity thief is being removed from your life. So it's even in your family, there's this thing of depression, continued depression. God is removing it from your life. I'm being reminded right now, I had a family member that committed suicide. That's how I got that word of knowledge. God, I just bless what you're doing right now. I just declare liberty from oppression. There's people here, God's actually speaking over your mind. You are totally pure. You need to say it yourself. I am totally pure. One of the first prophetic words I ever got, I told a woman at Calvary Chapel, 
God says you're pure. She broke down weeping on the spot. God says you're pure. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. One of you guys have a seat. Can I get, um, can I get Gus, could you come back up and just strum a little bit? Or somebody come on up if they want to. Tommy, one of you guys, just come on up. If, if you could just come on up and just jump on the guitar. I just feel God's spirit here. So I'm gonna be, we're gonna be done in like five minutes, but I just feel Holy Spirit here in a tangible way. If I could get the prayer team to come on up. The prayer team, we're gonna um, put the prayer team over by the pool tables because we wanna pray with people for a while. But um, if the prayer team would come back up. Thanks, Tom. Isn't Tommy a good looking guy? Single, right? Kind of? I don't, maybe, okay, maybe not, I don't know. Maybe there's new news, I don't know. Have the prayer team come on up. Just kind of want him to strum a little bit because I just feel the Holy Spirit here so tangibly. Um, receiving healing is as easy as breathing. Receiving healing, I'm gonna say that again, receiving healing is as easy as breathing. Turn to your neighbor and say, receiving healing is as easy as breathing. Out with the old and with the new. A lot of times as Christians, we're trying to convince God to do something that he already wants to do, that he already says that he is. You don't have to convince God to heal you. He named himself healer. If he wanted you sick, he would have named himself sickness. If he wanted you in pain, he would have named himself the painkiller. <laughs> the one who kills through pain. If he wanted you broken, he would have named himself brokenness. He named himself wholeness, Yeshua. God is wholeness, Yahweh is wholeness. So if you're here and you need healing today, today's your day of breakthrough. Not tomorrow, God wants you healed today more than you ever wanna be healed. He doesn't want you healed just when some special minister comes to town. Jesus Christ, the special minister is already here. Jesus Christ, wherever two or more gather in his name, there he is in our midst. Jesus Christ is here. I just keep hearing the Lord saying hands. Is there someone here, you have, you have some type of issue with your hands, you can't grab or squeeze correctly? Just stand, you raise your hands. Is there anyone else? Just stand. Is there anyone else around? Just stand. Oh, I can see that hand up there. If you're around these folks, stretch your hands towards them. The Lord's gonna heal you guys right now. If you're receiving prayer, I don't want you to pray. I just want you to hang out. When you wanna see a breakthrough in healing, you don't ask God to heal. Jesus didn't come around going, hey, Father, would you please do this? Pretty please, pretty please. No, what did he do? He said, be whole. So speak over them right now. Command the issue to leave. Command pain to go. Command uh, limitations to flee, sickness, infirmity to go. In the mighty name of Jesus, it all leaves right now. Begin to test your hands out, brothers and sisters that stood just begin to move your hands. And if, if something's different, something's different right now, when something's different, I want you to wave at me, like be like, that's crazy, the pain's decreased, there's something different in my hands, I'm able to do something. I can see the spirit of God on this guy in the black. Put your hands up and check them out for me again, real quick. What's different with your hands? Isn't that, that's amazing, God's doing a miracle right now. If you're around them, gather around, pray one more time. This is awesome. Go, gather around, stay standing, my brother. Stay standing, my brother. Just, just stretch your hands, for, just pray again. Just say, thanks God for what you're doing. We command pain to go in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, go ahead and check again what's going on with your hands. Wave at me if you, you've received a measure of healing, something's different, just wave, wave your hands at me. Thank you, Father, see that hand. Who else just wanna see? Who else? Something's different, something's going on. This is awesome. Pray one more time for them. Do it one more time. God, thank you for what you're doing right now. 
If you're receiving prayer, don't pray. I know that's hard, especially when you're a believer. You're like, I gotta pray, I gotta get it. Think about Hawaii or something. Check it again right now. What's different? It's not what? It's the same. Just, just keep praying for him because God's on him. I just see God on him. What's different with you, my brother? Is it gone? Can you tell something different? They feel great. What's been going on with your hands before? How long have you had carpal tunnel for? How, like more than a year? How many years? Nine, 10 years? What could you normally not do because of the carpal tunnel? Is there anything you couldn't normally do like that you'd feel pain? I'm gonna have you in a little bit go up and join Tommy and like try to strum a little bit. In a little bit, once we dismiss, I wanna see what's going on. Give Jesus shouts, he's doing stuff all over the room. This is awesome. Um, if you have any form of sickness or pain in your body, God wants to get rid of it today, all the way. Knee pains, he wants to heal. Back pains, he wants to heal. Hip pains, he wants to heal. Stomach issues, he wants to heal. There's a deafness being healed, a right ear deafness. If that makes sense to you, you have a deafness in your right ear, just put your hand up, because I, I just felt that. That's you, daughter. Is there anybody else as well? Deafness in the right ear, you're pointing. Somebody over there, I can't see. Yeah, I, the Lord Jesus delivers you right now, daughter of the Most High God. The Lord Jesus heals you right now. A few weeks ago, I watched a man deaf in his right ear since 1967. He was totally healed, could hear and repeat out of his ear. Come on up for prayer at the end. I want you to stand to your feet and I'm just gonna dismiss you. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for your spirit that's here. We thank you that you're touching people in powerful ways. Father, we bless what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.